Let's just pray as you be seated. Lord, I thank you that you're in this place. Lord, we don't take for granted what you did for us so that we could be in this place today. And Lord, as we remember the events that happened leading up to your birth, Lord, we pray that you would just reveal to us more of you. Lord, and you would show us, Lord, our next steps. Lord, you came to redeem humanity. And Lord, your work is not finished because we're still here to be the people that get to share your message of hope to our world. So Lord, open our hearts and Lord, just speak through my mouth today the words that you would want me to say to encourage your people. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Do you know what? I love the Bible. I love the Bible because when I read it, I don't read about superheroes doing superhero things. I'm not in the latest Marvel film reading about these people with fantastic powers going around doing fantastic, fantastic different um, journeys, you know, and missions and overthrowing things. I love that when I read the Bible, I see people whose lives have been broken by life, people whose lives have been despised, people that are just going through day-to-day life, minding their own business, and yet God breaks into that, and he chooses to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. You know, if we were to look through the Bible, you can see all the way through Bible times how God has chosen the weak to do incredible things. We see how God has chosen the broken to change the course of a nation. And I love when we get to the New Testament and we begin to discover God's master plan for humanity in sending his son Jesus. I love the fact in one sense that God doesn't decide to show off. You know, if you've ever been in a circumstance where you think this is really special, I want to show off here. I get my napkins out at Christmas. That is a show off for me. Haley uses napkins all the time. I'm like, why would you use napkins in day-to-day life? You don't need to. You've got a sleeve. Just wipe your, your dirty face from your dinner in your sleeve. But it was a revelation when Haley was like, oh, when we need napkins. And I'm like, really? I just buy them at Christmas time. You know, when we've got special things to go to, those are the times that we like to show off. Well, certainly, I think if I look at the culture that I'm in, If you're going to do something great, and if you're going to show off, it's going to be a a bigger event. You know, you look at the weddings that take place. You look at the celebration that takes place, and we watch how all of our time, our resource, and our energy goes into making something so great and so beautiful. And in one sense, I look at it, and I think, God, when you're coming to send Jesus to earth, if there was a time that you would want to show off, Surely it would be that day. You know, remembering that in heaven, the streets are paved with gold. 
like there's a whole lot of resource available at God's disposal to usher in the entrance of his son. You know, this is the king of kings that's coming. This is the Messiah, the savior. And for me, I look and I think, wow, God, I can't wait to see what you're going to do. I can't wait to see the fanfare. I can't wait to see how you're going to line this all up. And the world is going to go, wow. You know, I've had the privilege of watching the Disney fireworks spectacle in Disneyland. And you watch the fireworks popping and da-da-da, and it's breathtaking. And everyone's like, Wow. And in one sense, I would kind of think, God, when you're sending the Redeemer, you'd kind of be making sure that the whole world is there going, wow. But God doesn't choose to do it that way. And for me, I ask the question, why? Lord, why did you not do it that way? You had the resource available to do it that way. It's your son, your beloved son. You know, this is, this is it. You're giving your son for humanity. And I love the fact that God keeps doing what he chooses to do so that there's hope for us on this side of, of the New Testament. You know, because God has always chosen to use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And in bringing his son into earth, I think he wanted us on this side to be able to say, Lord, you continue to do extraordinary things that would blow our minds. And I think it's really important why God chooses to do that because I think he understands our mind. I don't know about you, but I feel the limitations of life sometimes. I feel that I'm not up to getting the job done sometimes. I look at people around me and I think, wow, they got a degree. Wow, they're so educated. Wow, look where they got to live. Wow, look how when the charismatic they are. Wow. And I find tracking through my life, there's been lots of times where I've compared myself with others. And in comparing myself with others, I've perhaps put myself down and thought, do you know what? They can do it because they're better than me. They can do it because they've got it all together. And I think when Jesus came to earth, God wanted to show that actually it's not about being all together. It's not about having it all together. It's not about having the circumstances all right because actually God is God. And to prove himself as being God, he chooses the circumstances that aren't right because in it, his name gets lifted up. Because oftentimes when we feel strong, if we feel strong and we get to do things in our strength, we kind of start taking a bit of the glory for it, don't we? Well, I did that. And I think that God wants to always remind us 
that do you know what? It's never going to be about me and you and our talent and our gift and our zeal and our energy. It's never going to be about that that's going to get the job done. But it's always going to be about the Holy Spirit, the power of God. And in Zechariah, we know the scripture well, don't we? Where it says, it's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. As we stand in this time today, that is the scripture that you and I need to walk in day by day. And as we track and as we look into the New Testament and we begin to read about the birth of Jesus. Is that rain? All of a sudden I thought the Lord had installed aircon units into the church. Oh my goodness. Okay. Wow, that's heavy. Anyway, but anyway, wow. Right, there we go. So, so but I just think that um, God would want us to know today that in this time and period that we're in, that you are his plan. You are his plan. And we're going to begin to read from Luke 1. And we're going to pick up the story of Jesus' birth. And I think there's so many things that we can observe from this story. Some of the things Dave mentioned last week. And it says, starting in verse 26, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, the village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Dave mentioned last week, you know, that God chose Nazareth as the place to pick a virgin girl from. And that completely doesn't make sense. Because Jerusalem was the religious headquarters of that day. So surely, if you're going to send your son to somewhere, surely you're going to send him to somewhere that's steeped in history, where all the scholars, the Bible students are there. 
Surely you're going to send him into that area where they know a whole lot more about what's going on and the expected arrival of the Messiah. And Nazareth really had a really quite a bad reputation. The reputation, like David said, was that nothing could come good can came out of it. And God chose Nazareth. A bit like Lower Dock Street, really, isn't it? If you think about it, we're not in Alterine, are we? We're not in Chelsea or Kensington. But God chose Nazareth because actually it wasn't anything about prime time, prime real estate. It wasn't about that. It was about finding a girl that would say yes to the call of God. And I look at Mary's response to an angel. And honestly, I'm really humbled. I'm really humbled and challenged by her response in making the decision that she made. You know, if we were look to look at the conversation she had with the angel, what was it? 30 seconds or a minute? 30 seconds or a minute of conversation. And at that one minute conversation, she said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. I am the Lord's servant. Do you know what? God comes to us today because the thing is he sent Jesus to be the savior of the earth and Jesus fulfilled his mission in laying his life down for humanity. And when he laid his life down, he then went to you and I, tag, you're it. Tag, you get to be the one that carry my message to a lost and broken world. You get to be the people they get to speak and share my message of hope. And I'll back you up with demonstration power. But actually, I'm going to ask you to be the ones that will carry this message forward. Now, Mary, on a one-minute conversation with an angel, said, I am the Lord's servant. Do you ever get promptings from the Holy Spirit? A still, small voice. You know, I find that sometimes I don't even recognize these promptings until maybe a bit later. And sometimes I choose to ignore the promptings that I feel. And if I'm honest, I choose to do it because I feel really vulnerable. I choose to do it because I'm like, oh, Lord, I can't. What if it doesn't work out? And Mary has a one-minute conversation and says, I am your servant. You know what a servant is? A servant is one that says, do you know what? Not my will, but your will be done. I will use my life to fulfill your wish and your command. I will lay it down, and I will do what you ask me to do. And it challenges me because I think, Lord, I sing it really well with my car, with my songs. I'm great at singing. I give my whole life. I'm brilliant at doing all of that in the moment with my friends. 
And I was challenged a number of weeks ago after Dave had been talking and sharing with us from Ephesians that we are the workmanship of Christ, of God in Christ Jesus, prepared for good works. I was challenged by that. And I said one Saturday morning, Lord, use me today, if you will. I'd love to be able to share you with somebody. Now, I was going to Cardiff, I think it was, so I don't really know where I thought I was going to find somebody, but I did say, Lord, use me. And on the way to Cardiff, we had to fill up with fuel in our petrol station. And um, got in there, and I was in the petrol station waiting for Dave to pay. And the um, the cashier behind the um, desk, she um, stood up, and then all of a sudden she sat down. She said, oh, I'm really sorry, I'm just going to sit down. I was in a car accident um, a few days ago, and I'm really um, struggling with pain in my back. And it's like inside, I, honestly, I just got that nudge. Go and pray for her. And I was there thinking, I ain't doing this. I'm I'm not doing this. Because, Lord, when I said, like, lead me to somebody, I was hoping that, like, it would be like I would be glorified in this situation. I don't know what I... I was hoping it'd be easy for me, comfortable for me. Like, you're asking me to pray for somebody behind the till of the petrol station that I don't know... And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it, Lord. And you know when you're kind of, um, you're in this kind of conversation, she knows nothing about it. And I thought, well, do you know what? She doesn't even know that the Lord's asked me to pray for her. So if I walk out, it matters not. And in my mind, I'm thinking, right, just ask her to pay the bill. Come on, let's get this transaction over with quickly. And as I was putting the card in, I was like, Lord, I can't do it. You'll have to just maybe get somebody else to. And at that point, I was just about to kind of pay and run. And I was like, Faye, you have asked. You have asked. God, send me to somebody. So I just went with putting the thing. I said, oh, I said, do you know what? I said, you've mentioned that you're in pain. And I said, I'm a Christian. And I said, Jesus talks in the Bible about him healing people that are sick. Would I be able to pray for you? And she said, well, if it will make you feel better. (laughs) Lord, this is what you're meant to say. Oh, that would be wonderful. I said, but do you know what? I said, I would love to pray for you because Jesus loves you that much that he'd really love to heal your body. And I said, I have prayed with people in the past and I've watched how God has healed their bodies. And I really would just love to be able to pray for you today. And I prayed and I went on with my way. And I was there and I thought, oh, Lord Jesus, that was a big deal. That was a big deal. It was a big deal for me. But actually, it shouldn't have been a big deal because I would have liked to have thought that my cry from my heart was the same as Mary's. Lord, I'm your servant. And in that moment, I really got challenged because I had to think, Lord, am I your servant? Do I sing it or do I walk it? And the reality is, church, that Jesus has accomplished everything. He did it all at the cross. And he's left us with this message of hope. He's left me and you 
as the ones to be the carriers of this message of hope. And God is so interested that he will move heaven and earth for one person. He is so interested in a person that he would cause us to do something which may make us feel vulnerable, which may make us feel, ah, which is full of all these uncertainties. And he'll use the situation, not because he wants to see us get glorified, but because he's desperately trying to reach that one. When Mary said, Lord, I'm your servant, she was saying, do you know what? It's not about me anymore. Up until this point, it's been my decisions for my life. But in saying, I am your servant, actually it's saying, God, here I am, use me. And then she goes on to say, may everything that you have said about me come true. That's a big thing. May everything you've said about me come true. Do you know what? God has a lot to say about you and I. And when his word, when we open it up and we read things, do we have that off our lips as well? Lord, this is your word for my life. May everything that you say about me come true. Sometimes I find that it's easier to believe the voices of people on the outside than it is to believe the voice of God. But do you know what? God, in this place today, wants to gently encourage you and I. And as we leave 2019 and move into 2020, do you know what? He would love for you and I to attach our faith to his promises. When it says you're the head and not the tail, when it says you are more than conqueror, when he says that he will do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think, do you do what I often do and say, oh yeah, that'll be brilliant for that person. Yeah, I can imagine you using them. They're wonderful. But actually, God's not saying for that person because, but he's like, no, will you say it for you? Will you say, Jesus, let me be able to say whatever you say of my life. May it come true. What are the voices that maybe have, have been the ones that have, you've allowed entrance deep into your soul? Who is it? And what are they saying? It could be your own voice. What are you saying about you? Are you looking at your life through a lens of your past and your failings and the times that you've let people down and the times that people have done things wrong to you? And are you saying to yourself, oh, oh gosh, I can never go forward from this. And are you discrediting yourself? You come to church and you love to sing and you love to worship and you love Jesus, but you've really discredited yourself from ever being used 
by Jesus to reach somebody else. Because the reality is that's why we're here. That is why we're here. The commission is go into all the world and preach the gospel. That is why we're here. And if God wanted to wrap this up, we wouldn't be here. And sometimes because of what's gone on and sometimes because of the noise around us, our own noise in our heads, we say, do you know what? I'm clinging on in life and I'm waiting for Jesus to carry me home, but I'm never going to be able to make an impact or a difference in anyone's life because of all of the history that I've got going on. I just want to encourage you today, if you're here and you've discredited yourself, the Christmas message is for you. The Christmas message offers hope for humanity. As you look through Luke, as you read through Matthew, as you track the journey that Mary and Joseph went on, as you see the events unfold, you see at no point did God ever have any superstars arising, any kings, any dignitaries. He just used simple people that other people had discredited. You know, who's the first people that God chose to announce the birth of his son to? Was it the kids in Bible school? Was it them? Because let's be honest, they knew so much about, about God. So let's show them because they're going to be brilliant at getting the message out to everyone. They're going to be so eloquent with their words because they know it all. But he came to shepherds. You know, in that day and age, shepherds were a really despised bunch of people. It was not the job that you put on your list as number one, because actually, if you were a shepherd, you were despised by a whole lot of people. Yet God, those were the chosen people that God chose to announce the birth of his son to. And he did do the firework display to them. Angels, he had them all going on, da, 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 and they were there, signs in the heavens. And they, do you know what? It was the shepherds. Not the people that had it all together. Because, you know, it is such an upside down gospel. And we know that because we know the word says that his ways are not our ways. But when you read it through the Bible, God keeps on reminding us in this story and saying, do you know what? There's hope for you. There's hope for me. I'm not going to go to the strong necessarily because I use the foolish things. And God says to the shepherds, go and have a look. Go and have a look at my, the son, my son, born in Bethlehem. Born in Bethlehem. So he goes to shepherds, despised. And I say that because he comes to you and I today and says, you can do this. You know, maybe I look at Mary and I think, oh, Lord, wow, what a statement you proclaimed over her. You highly favored. You were going to be the vehicle for which the Son of God is going to be born. I've got to be honest, and I don't know what it's like for people in here today, 
But I've been a Christian since I was three years old, so 37 years now, and I can honestly say I don't think I've ever had an encounter like Mary had. I've never had, you are going to do this. You are going to do this, Faye. This is what your life is going to look like. You know, God does reveal himself to people. And there may be people in here and you know that God has spoken directly about your future. And that's wonderful. But there may be lots of you here, perhaps a bit like me. And you think, do you know what? I've never had this eureka moment where God has come and I've sensed this overwhelming, this is going to be what it's going to be. And do you know what? That's okay. If, if you listen to people talking about, oh, and God's going to do this and God show me that, and you're thinking, well, he hasn't said anything to me. It's fine, he hasn't said anything to me either. But actually, I think when we place our lives like Mary and say, I'm your servant, it's amazing how he just leads us. He just leads us. You know, Simeon, in the Bible, at this Christmas story, He was led by God. It says this. It says, at that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and revealed to him that he would not die until he had had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So Simeon didn't get an angelic visitation to say, go to the temple. But in his heart, God had revealed that he was going to see the Messiah. And it just says, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. The Spirit led him. The Spirit wants to lead you and I. Today, do you know just this week, again, no flash, and actually uh, something really easy to miss. I was in Tesco grabbing some food because we didn't have anything for dinner, same old story in every house, and um, some school friend came into Tesco and they saw each other and they were chatting away, and this lady who was with her school friend came up to me and said, are you Faye? I was like... Yeah, I am Faye. Do you go to the King's Church? And I said, yeah, I do. She said, oh, I used to go to the King's Church many years ago, but I, and we were talking. And um, she said, I'm so full of pain in my body now. And I said, she lives in Blenavon. And I said, oh, are you able to fellowship in a church local to yourself now? And she said, oh, I'm not. She said, I'm in so much pain. And I said, okay. And I said, um, would you like me to pray with you right now? And she said, oh, okay. And I was like, Lord, I don't think this is an accident that you would send her here. So in the middle of Tesco at the end of the aisle, I placed my hand on her and I just prayed for her. And I said, listen, her name was Faye as well, which is really easy to remember. So I said, Faye, do you know what? I said, I know that you're not strong enough in your health at the moment to find a church. I said, but we have a connect group in Pontypool. You're here picking up your granddaughter. Would it be okay maybe if I invited you to my connect group? I said, and she was like, oh, okay. And I said, well, would you be happy if I had your number? 
yeah, okay. So I grabbed her number and I said, listen, it's going to be next week, so I'll message you. If you're able to make it, we would love to see you. Thought nothing more of that. And then last night, just a gentle prompt. I can't even explain it. It, like, just, it was like a thought whizzed through my head and out again. Message Faye. That was all it was. So last night, I was like, okay. So just messaged her, hey Faye, how you doing, da da da. Um, talking, just messaging away. And I said, Faye, I just want to let you know I'm praying for you. I'm praying that your health is going to be restored to you. And, you know, we'd love for you to come to our Connect group. That was it. Thoughts and prayers are with you. I thought nothing of it. I just thought, you know, gentle thing, right, I'll just do that. You know, this morning, I got a text in the back room. to say his son, Gareth, hadn't been involved in a car accident yesterday and has suffered extensive facial injuries and he's going into surgery today and his face is completely a mess. Now, this is my summer's friend's Heidi's father and I sat there and just started crying because I thought, Lord, there was no angel and it was so still and quiet. But I thought, Lord, that you would position me next to that lady on Monday. And I could have so easily walked away from it. And when you prompted me last night to message her, was it me? Was it you were doing that so that she would know there was a lifeline for her son today? And I think, Lord, that you would move heaven and earth for this family. You would move heaven and earth for this family to let them know in this time that there's somebody praying. And I say that because I, I get, I just, I'm just like, God, I could have, that, you know, like you're just so baffled. I'm baffled. I'm like, Lord, that is your level of care for humanity. And that's why we've got to be really careful that we're not full of ourselves. Mary said yes on a one-minute conversation with an angel. When the Holy Spirit placed Faye in my life on Monday, I didn't get a manual before to say this is going to happen. I didn't get him just talk to me and say, now, I want you to walk this walk with her, and I want you da-da-da-da. It was just so gentle. And I'm learning slowly the fact that it's the still small voice that he's in. And I could have missed it. And no doubt I will miss lots of other opportunities. But it became really real to me that like Mary was chosen to birth Jesus, but you and I have been chosen to carry Jesus to a broken world. And the reality for Mary in saying yes to God was that life sometimes went upside down. We know the story. 
We know what happened. We know, you know, the fact that heavily pregnant, she had to trek like nearly a hundred miles on a donkey. That is pain. Okay, walking, walking pregnant is pain. Donkey riding for 100 miles has got to be pain. I don't even think I'd want to be in a car for 100 miles. But the reality is in saying yes to, to God's call for Mary and for Joseph, their lives didn't become comfortable. Their lives at times look quite chaotic. And from an observer you, on the outside, you could almost say, well, God can't be in that. Because surely if God was in that... He wouldn't allow this to happen. He wouldn't allow this to happen. But I'm beginning to understand that in saying yes to God, it's not about this pristine looking room. It never is. For Jesus, it was a stable. A, you know, a cow feeding trough. Like, not exactly grand, but actually in a trough, humanity was delivered. And in our, in, our, in our saying yes to God, in our saying, Jesus, I will be a servant, it's not gonna be bells and whistles. It's not gonna be fantastic and fairy tale. But actually, it's gonna it's gonna change the course of history when we say yes to God and we allow Him to move through us, and we allow to go through the pain barrier in it. You know, I think of Jesus cares. What maybe th twelve, thirteen years ago, Jesus cares. We know where it is today. But where did that start? Did an angel deliver a written message from heaven? No. He just gently whispered, what about the kids that haven't got any presents? And that's all he said. The Holy Spirit didn't come nagging day after day after day after day and say, what about the children that don't have any presents? What about the children that don't have any presents? He said it once. And actually, we forgot about that nudge, which happened on Boxing Day, until the following October, November time. Forgetful hearers. Number one, in the queue, he spoke, I forgot. But he said it once. And then I did remember it back in the November or the October time. What about the kids that don't have any presents? And Dave and I started chatting. And from there, God birthed Jesus Cares, which over the last 12 years has sent nearly 250,000 food hampers across Wales virtually the same amount of nappies. We've sent thousands of children's clothing packs. We've given toiletries in their tens of thousands. We've given baby equipment. But do you know what? God never came and said, this is it. It was, this is it. 
And I'll be really honest, the journey has been really tricky. The journey has been not pandering to my set of circumstances. The first time we ever had to write a lottery bid for funding, I had just given birth to Summer. Two days old and she's in a baby bouncer and I'm rocking her with my foot like that with a laptop on my lap, trying to work out what I'm going to say. And I'm like, God, could we do this like another time? I just had a baby. And actually, I cried. Like I cried. I, f I threw my teddies out of the prow. I don't want to do this. And then every other child of ours beautifully went to sleep really easily and Summer didn't. <laughs> and for the first three months of her life, every night Dave would have to hold her in his arms until midnight because she would not go to sleep unless she was held in somebody's arms. And for the first three months of her life, Dave and I, after we got the kids to bed at seven o'clock, I'd sit on the computer. Dave would be on the edge of the bed rocking summer and be trying to type this bid out, crying, saying, I can't do this, Dave. I don't even know what I'm doing. And I was like really feeling inadequate, really thinking, I can't do this. I don't want to do it. What's even the point? Because actually voices from the outside said to us, if you're going to apply for funding, don't apply for more than 25,000 because the lottery never give it. So Dave says, we're going to apply for 250,000. <laughs> like you've got to be an expert if you're going to apply for 250,000. And so I'm throwing my teddies out of the pram as I'm typing and Dave's telling me what to say. I'm emailing Marcia at one o'clock in the morning saying, Mars, I need stats on this. Mars, I need stats on that. She was volunteering as well. And I look at it and I think, God, you didn't make the path easy for me. And actually, you, you know, you didn't kind of do the red carpet and it felt not prime time and it felt like I was at the end of myself and I felt inadequate and I felt like giving up. Probably, I mean, I pro if I was Mary, I may have just handed Jesus back at some point when I knew I had to kind of <laughs> flee to Egypt. I may have just said, I can't do it. Someone else take him to Egypt. I've done. <laughs> I've got my house set up because when the wise man came, the reality is he was probably three months old and it says the wise man visited them in a home. So Mary had got her little house all together and then the angel wakes up Joseph and says, flee. And I'd be like, no, I got my creature comforts now, Joe. I'm all good. I'm not running to another distant land to avoid a king. I'm not doing it. You take him. I'm going to stay here, settle down. The reality is we all get faced with it. The reality is we all have to deal with this stuff and it's uncomfortable and it pushes us to our limits. But I love that this Christmas story doesn't exclude any of that, but actually shows us it because when God comes to you and I and says, will you talk with a person on the other end of your street? Would you maybe cook something for a family that's got a bereavement? Would you maybe offer to clean somebody's house because they've been taken ill? Will you maybe drive somebody to the doctors because they can't get there? And it feels inconvenient and it feels like, what's the point? Well, the point's this, isn't it? God will move heaven and earth for one person. 
That's the point. And we just get to be the ones that say, I will be your servant. May what you say to me come to pass because I believe it. So today as we track the Christmas story, and you can read all about it in your own time and very familiar with it, no doubt. I just want to encourage you. And I think we can take so much from the life of Mary that as we move into 2020, don't disregard yourself because of. Whatever the because of is. Because actually God's chosen you. And Ephesians says that. He says he's using all of us and he's building us all in. And in Corinthians, it talks about each one of us being part of his body. And we've all got an assignment to do. So don't disregard yourself because of your limitations. Because God don't need you and your skill to get the job done. What he needs is a servant heart that will say, this may not be comfortable. This may take me into a season of vulnerability. This may cause people to speak badly about me. This may not make sense to me, but actually, God, I'll do this because my life here on this earth, I give over to you, my Lord, because I know that you have a master plan for humanity. And I get to be, and you get to be, the vehicles from which Jesus moves. Jesus touches people through us. So don't disregard yourself. Let us be like Mary and be servant-hearted, putting down our business, our I want to do, I want to do, and just say, oh, no, Lord. What do you want me to do? And when we feel, when we answer that call and we feel that we don't have the goods to match up to the gentle whisper, let's remind ourselves of Mary's words where it says, may everything you have said about me come true. The word of God does not fail. The angel says that a bit further down. The word of God will not fail. So in him asking you to do whatever it is and in your inability sometimes to feel that you can walk that walk, cling on to the promises of God that it isn't by might and it's not by strength or power, but it's by his spirit. Cling on to the fact that you're a lifeline you are a dispenser of God's grace to somebody. And in doing that, in us being available, that, that's it, isn't it? That's the prize. We're prepared for the works of ministry. God calls us all to be ministers of his life and hope. And if we can carry that in our hearts in 2020 I think we'll be amazed a bit like you know even like in this story we read all of this story 
from beginning to end. But you've got to realize when this was being written, Mary and Joseph had no idea what the end looked like. They didn't know what was step by step was coming. We have the privilege of reading this story in its entirety here. Our story's been written at the moment. We don't have the privilege of knowing what the next five or 10 years looks like. But when we step on the other side of eternity, I think we'll be amazed when we think, wow, God, when I listened to your prompt there, when I did what I didn't want to do, but I felt you said it, look how that ended up for that family. When I look at the person that's sitting in heaven at the feet of Jesus that I got to be a part of in helping them, I think we'll be amazed to see how God used each one of us in amazing ways to touch and reach people. So Jesus, today we thank you that you're here. Lord, and we thank you that your Christmas story reveals so much about your heart for humanity and your heart for our lives. Lord, we thank you that this story gives us hope that you want to use us. You want to use us because you love us and because you want to show yourself to be real in the lives of others. Lord, today I pray that in 2020 and as we leave 2019, we will, we will be like Mary and say, I will be your servant. Lord, use us in ways, whatever it may be, to reach people for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What a wonderful word this morning. And do you know when, um, when Faye was just sharing about that lady Faye and, um, you know, she started crying. Do you know, that's not normal. It's not normal, right? That's the love of God in her heart to reach a person that's on the fringe out there in the world that's in need. And you know, I want to encourage you because I just felt the Holy Spirit just gently remind me that love is in every single one of us. It really is. So when we go from this place today, we're going to see people in our lives, in our world, in our week. And that love is going to draw us and lead us to people that are in need. And it may be just like a gentle word. It may be like, like Faye said, a word of prayer. The Holy Spirit, that still small voice will direct you, right? Maybe next week. It may be in a few months' time, right? But the Holy Spirit will lead you and that love within you, right? We're all scared, right? We're all wondering whether we're going to get it right. Do you know what? Let's just trust that little voice, and step out because he's going to use us to reach the lives around us. Amen. You may be here today and you may never have asked Jesus into your heart. You may be wondering, wow, what's all this about? You've sung the songs with us. 
this is different. You realize there's something happening here that's different. Your heart has been warmed. You felt the peace that we felt with you. That's Jesus. That's his love in this place. And I'm going to pray a prayer right now. I'm going to help you. Maybe you want to repeat this prayer with me. It's to invite Jesus into your heart to be your Savior. The moment that you do this and you place your faith and your trust in Him through a simple prayer, a miracle is going to begin and your life is going to be enriched just like Mary's was with the Savior of the world. You're going to carry Him for the rest of your days. You really are. Let me just pray. Let's close our eyes and just whisper this prayer to God and mean it. Just say, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Remove all of the barriers that are there between us. I ask you, I invite you right now to come into my heart. Please be my Savior. I want to make you my Lord. For today and forevermore. I ask this now. Amen. Now if you prayed that prayer, right? A miracle. A miracle has begun in your heart. From this moment, you're going to notice and you're going you're to know a peace on your life that passes understanding. Maybe a friend's brought you. You know, let your friend know. Come and see us at the end of this service. We would love to talk with you and maybe pray further with you. Pick up a Bible and a story.